Welcome to track number 14 of The Beautiful Job. Are you guys having a great time? Have you taken some pictures? Glory be to God. Number 14. Overcome itching ears. Overcome itching ears. Second Timothy 4 verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Amen. So, Overcome itching ears. What does that mean? Don't allow people to dictate what you preach. Because what is an itching ear? When somebody has an itch, he says, scratch me here, here. So he doesn't want you to scratch anywhere. There. So when a person has itching ears, he wants you to to a particular sensation. That's what he wants to have. So you have the congregations. They want particular sensations. About prosperity, money, good life, and all those kind of things. So the church can dictate, and often does, dictate how you go about the ministry. And that is why many people are deviating from the ministry because it is not easy to scratch somebody in a different place from where he wants you to scratch. One day I had a a very nice birthday present from Dr. Yonggi Cho. Yeah. When I opened the box it was an amazing present that I have not seen before. And on it was written, I have not seen one before, on it was written, Good Sons Back Scratcher. Good Sons Back Scratcher. Like it's, it's something for scratching the back that a good son can use to scratch his, that is, back. Good son's back scratcher. <laughs> so I gave it to my daughter to scratch my back. Yeah. So it, it's a nice little thing like a whatever. And then it has a little thing at the end. It's easy to scratch your back. A good son's scratch back, back scratcher. For scratching your back. When my daughter is scratching my back and I show her where to scratch, she cannot scratch another place. I will react. I said, no, not there, here. At where it's itching me. And that's how the congregation, when you come and you preach, okay, today we are preaching about sacrifice. No, 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 no. Here, this one, we want something else. And they start screaming, say, oh, no. This other one. Scratch here. So the congregations, 
when the pastors see the congregation, they are so much under pressure of what to say. To say good things. Prophesy nice things. Prophesy good news. Recently, a prophet was prophesying that the president would die this year. And a lot of pastors, or a lot of people, reacted to it that it is treason, or it is um, a bad prophecy. But I don't agree that it's a bad prophecy. It's not a bad prophecy. It's his prophecy. And he's entitled to prophesy what he wants to prophesy. And in the Bible, people prophesied that kings would die. They even tell them how they would die. How your blood would be licked by dogs. You'll be this, you'll be that. And why are these prophecies given? So that it doesn't happen. Because when they give you the prophecy, then you pray about it. So that, that, that all that we have to do is to pray that the president will, ne- will never die or will not die during his term. Isn't it true? Yeah. But you cannot say that everything that must be said by the pastor or a prophet must be sweet, must be nice, and must be good news. It is not true. That is the itching ear. When you scratch, yes. No! Here! Here! So can you imagine? All the congregation say, No! Not that word! Not that message! Not that message! Here! Here! This message. This is what we want. When we say something and it is not sounding good to your ear, you say, no, 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 Bishop. This way. Speech is this way. Yeah. I remember one time very clear. I was about to preach. It was a big congregation. You know, our people. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, we have a big crowd here. Tell them, it's your chance. Tell them what I want. Don't tell them. If you tell them what I want them to. And I preach about preach about the blood of Jesus. I don't care if you don't like members. Because God had given me the crowd. They were trapped. There was nothing they could do. <laughs> and, and I wanted to preach about Jesus Christ. And how he shed his blood for us. Why? And not any, anything else. But I know how what the people like to hear from some things. You get it? Even when I go on crusades, one of the things that made me put out a product we call the Cariso is that I found that most pastors do not know how to preach about salvation. Yeah. They cannot, have not, do not, shall not. Where's Mami Pokwa? Uh-huh. Where are your glasses? Alright. So I said, I said, let me, I preach. They love to listen. Pastors will be saying, ah, salvation, pure salvation. Why Jesus died so many ways. I have a book that I wrote. Ninety ways to preach the gospel. People don't want to hear such messages. 
Meanwhile, that's the foundation of Christianity. That one is aside, and they say, scratch here. Scratch here. Johnny boy. Amen? Are you listening to me? Wow. Is it amazing? Is it fantastic? Scratch me here. Meanwhile, you as a pastor, you know, you can see where it needs to be scratched. This place has got some black things that we have to scrape. And now I can't preach that one. So, if you can maintain the gospel, you will be a good elder. Yeah. And now, you see, it's easy for you because you are not doing it for money. It's like, you are doing, it's almost like some fun you are having. But a time will come when it's your profession. Your life depends on it. Depends on income, money, this, people staying, people not leaving. When that time comes, that's when you will understand this itching ear part. You see that hmm, I'm under pressure to go this way. Because when you preach up, when you preach about money, people give more. You you may not know, but if you try, it. when we preach about tithing, if the tithing was. 10% or 20% it went up to 90%. Everybody grew wild about paying tithes. It's amazing. And the income of the church just goes up like that. So as a pastor, you, you start to speak. Yes, the windows of heaven are being opened now. Tonight is a night of opening windows. I see an angel with a window opener. Wow. Number 41. Learn how to pray in the night. In the night. Pray in the night. Amen. Amen. Wow. wow. Learn how to pray in the night. Now, Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. But watch thou in all things. Watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. As we are hearing about how to pray in the night, I want to take us to points number 37 and 38. Learn how to preach in season. Mm. And 
learn how to preach out of season. And 39 is learn different ways of preaching. The job of an elder is preaching. Amen. Your tool you use is to preach. So, when you become an elder or a pastor, you see, I'm believing God that from this work of being an elder, you will not demote yourself to become an ordinary member when you come out of campus. Oh, you don't get me? Are we, are we not on campus? Or oh, most of us are on campus. You are doing the work of an elder. I'm saying that as the years go by, you must not one day become an ordinary member. Or oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And for that to happen, you need to develop the tool, the tool of preaching. Amen. You need to know how to preach. And also know how to preach in season. Which is your Sunday morning, you are prepared to go and preach. Or your Wednesday evening or Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday evening, you're going to preach. That is in season. Amen. But even that in season, you can easily not be ready in season. <laughs> yeah. You can go to church on Sunday and not have anything to say because all you did was to chew a message to go and pour. But one of the keys an elder must use to be a good preacher is the key of constant preparation. Constantly preparing. And how do you constantly prepare? You see, first of all, before I talk about constant preparation, you should know that as a pastor or as an elder, you are going to find yourself preaching. We have Sundays and so on. But most of your talking will be informal. If I look at my life and the preaching I do, compared to the informal, sometimes even on Sunday, if I combine all the preaching I do in my services, and the talking I talk from beginning from, from 6 a.m. to 12 midnight, my formal services are about 30% of my talking. Sometimes in between the services, you preach more than during, during the service. Because you are always talking, talking to individuals, talking to groups, talking to um, new converts, I mean, counseling people, advising people, and so on. Are you listening to me? Your work as an elder is not a Sunday morning talker or a Sunday morning preacher. That's when we can then direct all our church members to listen to sweet melodies. Because we can get better preachers there. Are you with me? But you will discover that you are going to do a lot of informal talking. On the staircase talking, a phone call counseling, people coming to you, you will be, you and most of these are unrehearsed. Most of these are unrehearsed. Your Sunday morning service, that one you rehearsed. You had your notes, you have your scriptures, you have soaked your message, and so on. But a lot of what you are going to do, as in terms of preaching or counseling or talking or feeding, will be 
unrehearsed. You see, that is why even in medical school, all the things you do on the ward, you see a patient, you know, clerk this case, present the case, and so on. Most of the time, when you step out into the real world, the cases you see are, are, are largely not the ward cases. It may be the ward type, but there's a little, you know, rash at the back in addition to the mass. <laughs> or there's a fever in addition to the mass. Or the person who has hypertension and diabetes also has got some autoimmune condition. I'm saying that real life doesn't have cut and dried cases that you are going to say you are chewing 20 cases. Today you will see five of them. It's not like that. So, to be a good preacher, you must be constantly preparing. Wow. Mommy is in. <laughs> Give the Lord a shout. Wow. Be seated, be seated, be seated. Mommy, you are welcome. Look, sit down. Now that mommy is seen, the camp has started. <laughs> I want us to put our hands together and invite our daddy again to continue um, sharing with us. <laughs> them to sing one song. Yeah. Quickly, come on, man. What's going on? Where's Gloria? Where's Gloria? Ah, okay. Right. Glory to God. Well, my fantastic wife is here. Yeah. You must behave. You must behave. You are making the room hot. I want us to welcome her to give us a short greeting before. Hallelujah. I'm happy to be at my first um, first love service. And. Um, I just arrived from Accra, so I bring you greetings from Accra. Um, I have to leave you soon because I'm here for a funeral. <laughs> but I think that you are very blessed to have the opportunity of being at a camp like this at the age that you are at. Because I don't remember having anything like that when I was in the university. And the SU used to organize some camps, but it was different. And also I wasn't allowed by my father to attend. Because he said that once there are boys there. 
So, there were times when I sneaked in a bit, but I never had the chance to have a residential camp, stay there, and just stay under the word of God. So, I am jealous of you. The Bible says it's good to be zealously affected in a good thing. Sometimes I'll zeal in other things, but I'm excited to see the beautiful job. Wow, I'm impressed. What we know at the Kodesh is PVCI, but you have added and taken it to another level. to do. Yeah, we did many things by accident and by coincidence. But when you are taught and you have knowledge, you have more direction. So God bless you. And serve God in your youth. Amen. Thank you. That's my first love. I want to dedicate this song to her. Christian and attending church, and I believed that I loved the Lord. But there was a day I went to church, and the preacher spoke to me.
One day Jesus turned to Peter and said, I want to know if you really love me. Simon Peter turned to him and said, Oh my Lord, why do you even ask? Cause you know, dear Lord, how I love you. I will keep your command. I will feed your sheep. Jesus asking you the same. How deep is your love? Is your love? I believe I can guide the people. 
and also I remember the first song, How Deep Is Your Love. Um, not in a very godly way. <laughs> and not in a very godly environment. Because I was the first, by the grace of God, of all my siblings to be born again. And we're all older than I was, so I'm very used to the music. So when they were singing, then I was also hearing the unbeliever one. <laughs> but after a while, it disappeared. And I think yesterday, Joy FM was playing, How Deep Is Your Love, you know. Yeah. And I remember that when they get somewhere, some deep voice would say, How Deep Is Your Love? <laughs> so it's very exciting. And, uh, yeah, I'm literally blown away. And I think you are very gifted, and you are stars indeed. You are stars for real. And I pray that you shine brighter. When you turn many to righteousness, you shine as stars. So God bless you and be with you till we meet again. And take good care of my husband.